Is it recording? Yes. What? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Like the last fucking minute. We were way away from it. It doesn't matter. Do you think it'll pick up? I have no idea. Maybe you are a Kevin Borner. <laughs> Maybe I am. <laughs> Our mission. To explore new ideas. To seek out new thoughts and new opinions. To boldly opine where no millennials have opined before. This is the Next Next Generation Podcast. Make it so. Welcome back to the Next Next Generation podcast. I'm Catherine. And I'm Charles. And today we're talking about Season 1, Episode 4, Code of Honor. Code of Honor. What did you think about this episode? (sighs) Boy. Cringy. Cringy, yeah. I did not enjoy it. No, I didn't enjoy it either. Um, I was really ready for an off the ship. Mm Mm-hmm. Meet new people, yeah, kind of episode, yeah. And this was that, but it was not fun. It wasn't fun. We got to see a new civilization mm-hmm. and explore new worlds. You Kinda. know that is. We were expecting something a little bit better than what we got, mm-hmm. for sure. This episode overall was confusing. At one point, I even had to get my phone out to see if I was following the plot correctly, because I was confused. Something wasn't making sense. And we assumed that it was because we missed something. And in mm-hmm. fact, it was just bad writing and confusing. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't bode well overall for the episode, I think. Because I rarely ever do that. Hardly ever have to go to Wikipedia and look up the plot while we're watching something. Yeah. So this episode, we might as well get it out of the way. Yeah. So the civilization that they encounter mm-hmm. is entirely portrayed by black actors. Yes. With a heavy dose of Orientalism. They're all wearing turbans. Yes. So they're supposed to be very exotic, mm-hmm. but backwards. And that's really wherein lay our discomfort. Yeah. It seemed mildly racist. Or more than mildly. Or more than mildly racist. But it was just an odd choice to have the first large cohort yeah. <laughs> representation of black people be in this way on the show. Especially since they were not as progressive as our main characters. Right. Which are mostly white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were very clear that this society reminded them of past Earth societies. They made that very clear. And early attempts by Starfleet to do things like transport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were disparaging a bit. They were a bit. And then they didn't really approve of their culture. Yeah. The, um, sorry, the Starfleet people didn't approve of the culture. Right. Yeah, and I'm not sure we're the best people to talk about it as a white couple. So we're not going to dwell on it. No, but <laughs> we, we were both uncomfortable with it. Yeah. We didn't like it. No. And we wanted to point it out, bring it up just for a moment to the elephant in the room, I think. Mm-hmm. But let's get on with the story. We should. Uh, the first thing I wrote down is this is the first time we see Picard the diplomat. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nice to see him aware um, the social norms. Yes, he was. Um, and actually, it turned out they all were. They had been thoroughly briefed mm-hmm. and trained, which was good. They made good reflection of that. on Starfleet yeah. that they're taking the burden when they're encountering these other cultures. Yeah, they had all been briefed thoroughly. It mm-hmm. seemed that they knew about this code of honor that was held by this group of people, mm-hmm. this culture. It was something I think akin to samurai type. Yeah, honor systems. Um, they mentioned the some Chinese dynasty. I forget. <laughs> I which. forget which one it was, but that was the horse, the ceramic horse. Yes, was from that dynasty. Gotcha. More Orientalism. 
Yes. So they need a vaccine. They do. That this planet has mm-hmm. to treat an epidemic that's apparently killing millions. Killing millions. It seems very strange. That was a very kind of throwaway moment. Yeah, it they're was, like, millions have died. Oh, well. You're supposed to add this layer of pressure right. on the captain and on everyone involved. And they were trying to juxtapose that with this, because of this honor system, the need for patience. Mm-hmm. But because we didn't actually see this epidemic happening, it was all just told and not show, it didn't feel as impactful on the haste of the story. I think also they made it so large scale, having millions die, right? that it reached the point of no meaning yeah. to the audience. They could have even had it very simply. A crew member on the ship had this plague of whatever it was, and then they needed the vaccine for the crew member on the ship. And that would have made it a little more personal and maybe raised the stakes a bit. Or they could have brought someone who was infected to test the vaccine. Something. Something that put it in our eye. Yeah. Instead of just having it be this ridiculously huge tragedy happening off screen. So anyway, they meet... Luton and his henchmen. The leader of the smaller cultural tribe. I'm yeah. not sure what you call them. Luton brings them a sample of the vaccine. He does. And comes to the Enterprise. Picard is there with a few of the crew. Mm-hmm. He introduces them. They're all shocked that they're women. Well, they're not really shocked about Troy. They're just shocked that they have a woman as a security officer. That's specifically, Not yes. that there are women at all. Right. So I guess that tells you a little something about where they are. The important thing that really happens in this scene is that Luton's henchman tries to give the vaccine directly to Picard. He does. Yar interferes because mm-hmm. she needs to check it or whatever because she's protecting him. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. As a security officer and he doesn't like it. And she takes quick action to knock him to the ground, basically. So she stops him, and they're taken aback, and Luton seems enamored a bit. Yeah. They make him a really lustful, greedy-seeming kind of guy. Yeah, they do. Which is also uncomfortable. Yeah. I was more okay with that if it didn't have the backdrop of the rest of the culture also being of the same ethnicity. Mm-hmm. The character was fine. It could have been good if everyone else was awesome. And then he's this jerk protected by a culture with strict rules. Mm, And they can't really do anything to him because he's not breaking any of the rules. Yeah, he's following. he's still unpleasant. He's following the code of honor. Right. But he's using it for his own machinations. Right. But no one else in their society is shown to have a problem with it, at least for a while. No, no one else seems to be bucking that at all. They're working a lot to develop Yar. They are. And one thing I wrote down is that she took quick action here, but then she, she seems embarrassed or freaked out. Right. Yar takes quick action. Right. When she levels that guy. Mm-hmm. But then she just stops and looks really embarrassed and freaked out by what she did. Yes. And it's so strange to me. Yeah, that was a little odd mm-hmm. that she was so decisive in her decisions and yet didn't follow through on it with her mannerisms afterwards right she should have continued to be confident i think so too. if she was willing to take that guy out so fast i think you had mentioned at the time and referenced the fact that in the previous episode the naked now Mm -hmm. she revealed a little bit of her backstory to data during their love scene Mm -hmm. and said that she was abandoned as a child Mm -hmm. and was trying to outrun rape gangs and things like that so maybe her reaction was I take action to save myself, and then I run away. 
Right. So maybe not being able to run away, she was just like not knowing what to do with herself and her emotions. Yeah. And or having to act like she does as a security officer is triggering for her, you know, of her trauma. Repressed memories, things like that. Mm -hmm. Mm. Like PTSD. I could see that. Yeah. So every time she has to do that, it's emotionally unpleasant. She takes him to the holodeck. I wrote that down. Holodeck. Another use for the holodeck. Real life computer program. It is. Or <laughs> video game. It is a computer program. Yeah. A video game. Real life video game. Uh-huh. Again, they are skeptical. She proves them wrong. And Luton is more interested than he even was before. He's even somewhat <laughs> direct. He makes an innuendo. It's not what he says. It's more how he's looking at her. Mm-hmm. It's sort of his mannerism. Mm-hmm. And the subtext is that lust I want you sort of thing. It's pretty clear, I think. But they cut to a reaction shot of Yar. Yeah. And she, one, knows what he's implying. Sure. And two, she doesn't look that pleasant with it. She's not happy with his advance. She's very uncomfortable, deeply uncomfortable with the way he's acting. Mm -hmm. At least implied by that reaction shot. Mm -hmm. Of course, jumping ahead, later on, we find out that she is indeed interested in him. Question mark? Very odd. Very strange. So, yeah, later on, Picard and... Troy. Troy are talking to her mm-hmm. after she's accepted the challenge right. by Luton's first wife. Right. She does seem interested, mm-hmm. and Troy gets her to admit she is. Right. Yeah, and they're like, well, you wouldn't go through with this, would you? And she says, there would be complications. Complications? That's her only reason That's <laughs> for it? not being interested. Wow. <laughs> I wrote down, that's the only reason you are? Like, seriously? Wow. He kidnapped her. She's a Starfleet officer. What are they going to do? Why does she even like him? And then she can't really leave her life to be his wife or something. It's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. And it's, they've been working so hard on developing Yara's character. Right. That seems like such a turn. Now we don't know what to think of her again. Yeah, like, is she someone who's impulsive? Is she reckless? But is she going to be loyal to Starfleet? I don't know. I just don't know how she got to be chief security officer. That's a question. Although, spoiler alert, when she dies Mm -hmm. later, it's because she's impulsive and reckless. Oh, right. So I guess they're just setting that up, that it has consequences. Maybe. But it seems like they spent a little too much time on her. Like, I'm not that interested in her character compared to some of the others. Sure. Even not knowing what's coming. Just from what we've been shown, some of the other characters are more interesting already. Oh, yeah. By the way, Worf, hello. Yeah. Of course, we have no reason to think now that he'll ever be anything. Of course, but we've seen more (laughs) of the show. It would seem silly to put a Klingon on the bridge and not have some explanation. Yeah. (laughs) At some point, like, and we find out later. Yeah, he's fairly unique. He's the first Klingon. To become a Starfleet officer, maybe? I don't remember, but it's I... something like that. Something to that effect. He's, he's unusual. Yeah. After Yar has been kidnapped, mm-hmm. Troy talks about how she sensed sexual attraction from him towards Yar, all this ambition. But again, she waits until after it happens to be like, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. <laughs> makes sense all these things I know. She seems reticent to share her feelings in the moment. She always wants to have a lot of time to sort of analyze it after the fact before she presents her findings. So also after Yar gets kidnapped, Mm -hmm. that's when they reveal, you know, they do know a lot about this culture. Right. Maybe to the point where they shouldn't have been shocked he would try to pull something. No. Um, Especially again, Yar, security officer, she should know, you know, he may be stealing something. They probably would have assumed it would be something physical. Maybe they were just okay with that. 
<laughs> maybe. Depending on what it was, it's not a big deal. To steal a personnel of the starship. Yeah, maybe that didn't occur to them. Probably But they not. were very quick afterwards to be like, yeah, that makes sense. Honor kidnappings, more racism. Yeah. Talked about Native Americans there. They did. Yeah, to make the comparison. Okay, so after Yara's kidnapped, mm-hmm. you know, they have to wait a while, but they do get to go to the planet. Right, they do. To see her. Well, that is an example of Luton not perfectly following their culture. Right. He expects Starfleet to do it, to follow their cultural rules. Right. But he's like, you did everything perfect, acquitted yourself with honor. During the but, banquet you scene. you know, I'm just going to keep her anyway and <laughs> make her my wife. Right. He announces in front of the whole banquet, Yara his first, and then his current first wife reacts. Right. And that's when you first start to realize the women have more power than they we do. thought. Or that the men present it. Yeah. The men are the warriors of this culture and the women own the... The goods, the merchandise, the land, it seems. That kind of makes it opposite from how they first presented it. Yeah, it seemed when they first arrived that the men were a patriarchy. They controlled everything. Mm-hmm. As it goes along, it appears that maybe it's the women who run the day-to-day and the men are really just off on their side honor quests kind of thing. Uh-huh. Keeping and not as in, busy. Not as important to the culture at right. large as first implied. It is a little bit confusing that Mm -hmm. he gets to decide who his first wife is going to be, but then later on in the episode, at the very conclusion of the episode, his current first wife, she chooses another to be her first. And then clearly says that he will be her second. Luton will be her second. Right. So we don't understand who's the chief spouse. (laughs) Yeah. They make it seem like the men have all these women, but the women can also have all these men. And it seems odd to work both ways. It can't work both ways. It was an odd thing to slip in. He kind of breaks his own culture's rules. He does. Also, he's self-aware enough to explain his own culture to Picard. Yeah. He can talk about it from an outside perspective. Right. He has enough awareness of the outside galaxy. Even though he can see that and see their perspective, he's not willing to make any accommodations for them. Yeah, he was very rigid. really wanted them to follow the code above everything else. Speaking of codes and honor systems, the Prime Directive was introduced. Prime Directive, yes. And it's barely applicable (laughs) to this case. Yeah. (laughs) They made mention of the fact that Luton's people were at early Starfleet level's ability to interact with outside worlds. Uh Uh-huh. And I thought... That they're there. The Prime Directive was really more for even more primitive, non-space-going cultures they were going to encounter. And yet they were doing a whole ambassadorship parlay. Mm -hmm. Trying to get this vaccine, and they still have to follow the prime directive? What? Yeah, I thought once the culture was willing to interact with Starfleet and other, you know, outside planets. Right. You're already interfering. Right. I guess by doing deals deals and that kind of thing. You're influencing their culture. So, yeah, you can't then be like, oh, no, we can't possibly save Yar from this fight. Like, that would be wrong. Yeah, the challenge between the first wife of Lutan and Yar for who was going to be the first wife, which brings up the plot point that we were confused by. Yes. So either Yar dies in this combat between the first wife of Lutan. very possible, based on the weapons used. Yes, the very awkward, unwieldy weapons, I would say. But deadly. Very deadly with all the poison that's on the yeah, spines. lots of poison. And these beak-like blades that are on the front of these gauntlets. Yeah. She either dies, Yar either dies, or then she's stuck with having to marry Lutan? Yeah, so we realize the whole point of her following through this combat, which becomes kind of the final Climax. part of the plot. Yeah, yeah. A, a big part of the story, 
is just so they can keep potentially negotiating for the vaccine. Because say she kills the wife, right? he's going to want to marry her. And if she says no, then they're still going to lose access to the vaccine. It doesn't make any sense. No. Also, it wasn't very clear if Luten was the leader of just a portion of the world, of the smaller tribe. Like, why was he the one to do all this negotiating? Why was he in that power? Hmm. He was the only one who had the vaccine? Yeah, perhaps it was a resource of that region okay. that his wife actually owned. Right. It seemed a little too small scale to be the whole planet. Yeah, I think so. Unless it just weren't a very big people group. It could be. Maybe it wasn't very hospitable and hmm. they didn't get very big. Okay. But it felt pretty sparse. They weren't even in a city. They were just in his palace or something. Right. Or her palace. But it is hers. Yeah. All the lands he mentioned multiple times were hers. Right. Right, like that's the only reason he's the leader of whatever we can see. Right. Because he gets knocked off that spot at the end very clearly. Yes, because Yar does win the fight. Right, right, but then they pull some trickery. She wins the fight on the very odd fighting arena set that looks like something from, I realize, something from an 80s music video. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the multi-levels, beam pole things. Interesting. Yeah. They just needed a smoke machine. That's all they needed. <laughs> yeah, with those neon lights they oh, had going on. Oh, yeah. When on. they turned that on, I wrote down beam thingies. Like, <laughs> what's going on? But it made more sense later. Right. But it was still a very odd set choice. A little bit. Took me out of the moment. Felt it was kind of dated. Yeah, because everything else they did was kind of a Middle Eastern style right. architecture. Right. Very loosely, of course. But very. basically that. They didn't seem like they would have neon lights and that sort of thing no i don't think so no i don't think so they should have had like some kind of arena pit where they were looking down oh that would have cool. fit a lot better I think. yeah i think maybe having so many railings and levels was so they couldn't get too far away since they had to get right next to each other to hit arm's yeah. length to do any but they could have done it differently yeah i think we talked about most of the things i want to address okay just uncomfortable i mean there was parts where i was Looking away, shutting my eyes. It's like, ugh, so cringy. <laughs> That's just me, though. He doesn't look away, like I said. He just closes his eyes. I wouldn't say it was very enjoyable. We didn't mm. like this plot. And after all the fun and the comedy of The Naked Now... And the epic scope yeah. of Encounter at Farpoint. Mm-hmm. They went for humanoid aliens again. Yeah. Just like just like they did show in a Encounter at Farpoint. Right. But decided to make them a little too on the nose. Yeah. Or, or not. They could have been more diverse, I think, and it would have been okay. Or, or they could have been not human. <laughs> been better. If they're making them backwards, kind of, they should have made them not human, I think. That to one not make a commentary. On human history, uh, yeah. That yeah. one change would have fixed a lot of the problems that yeah. I think we had with it. The culture, anyway. The cultural mm-hmm. stuff, yeah. The plot still had some issues. I think so. It would have been a lot less awkward to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, one more note. Okay. They do establish in this episode that Data and Jordy are friends. That is awesome. They're adorable together. That's a highlight, um, for sure. That leads to our data of the day, which is, how can anything be too efficient? <laughs> which is spoken from Data to Jordy. Right. When he is questioning Jordy about why Jordy doesn't use this razor that Data rigged up for him. Oh, That's perfect. Right. Perfectly efficient. Doesn't have the human touch, according to Jordy. Right. Who is an engineer and should know better. I think so. He should appreciate this technology. But that's Perfect okay. razors. It's okay. So, shall we rate the episode? I think I'm going to give it a 3 out of 10 unwieldy weapons. Didn't like it as much as the Naked Now or Encounter at Farpoint. The plot problems, the 
racism, cultural appropriation issues. Not a strong episode for Star Trek. Okay, I would give it 4 out of 10 ceramic horses. Okay. I had the same complaints as you. Mm-hmm. I gave it an extra point for... Data and Jordy. Okay. <laughs> and for uh, Picard as the diplomat, I really appreciate that. That's kind of looking ahead. But that's fair. That's something I enjoy about the show. I think they're kind of making a misstep also with making Yar such an integral part of the plot. I agree. That was part of the issue with this episode, in addition to everything else. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make me stop watching the show. <laughs> no, of course not. So we're onwards to the next episode. Woohoo! And we'll be back soon. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Next Next Generation Podcast. So, yeah, plot points didn't make a lot of sense. Ian. The cats know we're doing a podcast. One cat is making noise. The other one is jumping around. He's climbing on furniture. This is not good. He looks cute, though. Oh, of course. It's Ian. (laughs) Ian. down. Get down. Get down. There's no food in there. There never has been. Seriously. Follow us on Twitter. Add us at the next next gen.